Okay, hello, uh, and welcome to the latest edition of eSchool News Conversations with School District Administrators. We call it Getting There, uh, where we talk about strategies that districts are implementing uh, to combat the COVID-19 pandemic and what uh, plans are looking like for the fall. Uh, with me today is Sandy Paul. Sandy, how are you? Hey, doing good, doing good. Hope hey. everything's good with you too. Yeah, right. We're, 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 doing, we're doing well here. Uh, thank you so much for taking your time. I know it's probably a really boring summer for you, right? You know, that, that summer, uh, summer vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Every day I wake up and I'm like, what? who's going to open and who's going to close and what's going to be hybrid and, and what's going to be remote? So you guys yeah. are up in North Jersey, uh, you know, one of the hardest hit places when the, this whole thing began. Um, as a fellow New Jerseyan, I'm, I'm proud of uh, how we're keeping our RT levels low, and it looks like we can have at least some sort of uh, in-person school year uh, set up. Mm -hmm. But maybe to start off, maybe talk a little bit about Union Township, where you are, how many schools, how many kids, um, and let's get right into it. What's, what's the plan look like today? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, Union Township, uh, we're just west of Newark Airport, so... Um, you know, we're classified as um, urban, suburban kind of thing. And um, we have 7,200 kids. Uh, we have 10 schools, uh, but I am in charge of 12 buildings. We have two administrative buildings. And um, for right now, the whole idea of what we have at this present time, we have a one-to-one -one using Chromebooks for every student from grade six up to 12th grade. Um, Prior to the pandemic situation, well, I pandemic or COVID-19 situation, what we're having, um, our 12th grade students were able to take home their devices. So the kids from 9 through 12 took home their Chromebooks, but the 6th through 8th grade students couldn't. Uh, they were kept in carts in the homeroom and everything else. So during this situation, when the governor shuts down, shuts down the schools in the state, we had to figure out a way to get them out there. So we, needless to say, we had to make sure we got all the carts from all the schools. We invited parents to come in. They were able to pick up a device if they wanted to and that type of thing. And we, you know, we were able to get that out to, uh, for the middle school. But for the elementary levels, we didn't have a one-to-one -one situation. And because we didn't have a one-to-one -one situation, the, whatever was available is what we um, distributed. So we have one fifth grade building and that one fifth grade building had 264 Chromebooks. And what we did was we took that 264 plus whatever carts any of the elementary buildings had, and we handed them out to any of the elementary kids that we needed a device. The issue came up where if you had a household of more than, you know, one student inside the home and they, you know, they could only get um, and they weren't part of the one-to-one -one for the 6th through 12th grade, you had to figure out how you were going to get them more devices. So what we tried to do as much as we could was if you had a household of maybe um, four to five kids, we could give you two Chromebooks. We would, you know, loan you two Chromebooks at the elementary level. Um, but we couldn't really do more than that because we had to make sure we had enough for, to share to everyone. So after we did that, then at the end of the school year, we had to collect everything back. So we had to organize that again. So we got them, got back as 
many as we could. And right now we're in the process of cleaning them, trying to get them all set, you know, for redistribution. But as far as the, um, I'm quite sure everybody knows about the CARES Act and the grant money that came in, which was associated basically, um, according to your Title I numbers, um, we're using a very good portion of them to buy devices for our students from second through um, fifth grade in order to provide a one-to-one -one situation. Um, it's still not enough to purchase devices for every kid. So what we've been doing is um, I'm about to replace the fleet of Chromebooks at the high school because they're about to expire. And what we're doing is uh, Google was good enough to say, we'll give you an extra year for the support. So with that in mind, what we're doing is that whatever the high school fleet has that still working and that still has the ability to be used for one year and um, whatever we cannot make up with the CARES Act for the second through fifth, we're going to be using the older Chromebooks from the high school to kind of balance it out as much as possible for the elementary levels. So it's a, um, it can be a logistic nightmare <laughs> trying to figure out what to do, but we're getting there. And um, you know, the right now, the biggest thing is trying to figure out how you're going to get enough Chromebooks for the students. Um, since all of that situation, um, both our commissioner of education and our governor has given us a document um, called the road back. And part of that entire thing is for us to come up with different plans or scenarios of how we would do both in school and hybrid or completely virtual um, instructional process for the school district. Um, what the district did um, started in June, we actually had developed committees. So we have um, three, no, sorry, four major committees were developed. This committee is made up of teachers, uh, PTA members, parents, um, some administrators, um, some supervisors, stuff like that. And um, what it, they're primarily, the four groups were basically made up of what would be the closing of the school, how that process would have taken place, the reopening of school for September. We have one for social and emotional learning. And then we have a fourth group. And the fourth group is really um, sanitizing, security, uh, transportation, you know, lunch, stuff like that. That was what the fourth group did. So we had those four committees. The committee for the closing of the school district, they're the ones that we followed their protocols of what their suggestion was as the administration. You know, they went into more of the details, but we followed the protocols of what they suggested for closing of the school year, collecting backup devices, collecting um, textbooks, you know, all that different stuff, how lockers were being cleaned out, stuff like that. The reopening of the school district this actual tonight, they're going to be presenting their you know, their um, findings and what they're suggesting. Um, they actually, the committee um, split up one for high school, one for middle school, one for the elementary levels. So because of that, each group is actually going to be presenting about what is the reopening plan and um, which includes basically, as I stated before, in-person versus hybrid versus um, doing something that's completely virtual. And then the social and emotional learning group is going to be presenting um, this Thursday to our community, letting them know all the different services and different things that they've been talking about. 
and sanitation and transportation. Um, I think some of them are going to be presenting tonight, but because the effect of um, reopening is going to affect transportation, the busing situation and stuff like that. It's also going to affect lunch. So because of that, that's also going to be, some of that will be discussed tonight. Um, and so that will be also a presentation that will be done tonight at tonight's board meeting. The biggest thing is to try and figure out how we get devices. And from the road, um, reading the document, the road back, one of the other issues now we face is now kindergarten and first grade because the kids can't share a device. So even if they're in school, they can't share a device. So, you know, what are you doing with your computer labs now? You know, are, you know, and then the other part of it is that if we go back to 100% virtual, you know, the governor closed down the district again, how are you going to get K-1 devices? So because of that, what I've been trying to work on, both with doing my budget and um, been working with our uh, director of um, alternative funding and, you know, stuff like that. She's actually, you know, she works with our Title I, Title IV, CARES Act. She's been working with all those different things. Well, I've been working with her basically on trying to figure out how we could get devices for some of our schools. Now, um, we do have, some of our schools are what is called school-wide Title I. So if they're school-wide Title I, then we can get devices and we can just give it out to every single student in that building. If they're not school-wide, the whole idea is trying to figure out what you're going to do with um, providing devices for certain people versus other people, but then you land up with an equity issue. So because of that, we've come to the conclusion we're not going to do that because <laughs> you can't... Um, you can't supplant, you can only support. Um, so because of that, um, what we're trying to do is to, we will just use district funding to try and figure out how to help out with those schools that are not uh, school-wide Title I. Now, do, so, you have any, do you have any um, bring your own device strategy? I mean, like what kind of percentage, when you, when you talk about your student population, do you have a certain percentage that do have their own gear? Uh, and are they allowed to use that gear um, with the school? No, we do have, we do have a certain percentage that we have their own stuff and everything else. But the reason why we haven't encouraged them and we're trying to provide the devices is because we want to make sure we follow all the federal guidelines for CEPA, COPA, FERPA, HIPAA, et cetera, every acronym that's out there. <laughs> Making sure we follow that guideline. And the other side of it also is that, um, which is one of the reasons why we're, you know, mostly following the idea of using Chromebooks is because we also have so many other things that we can do. So we use a product called GoGuardian, which does our web filtering and stuff like that. But we also use GoGuardian Teacher. So with GoGuardian Teacher, even though it may be remote learning or even in classroom uh, learning, the idea is the teacher would be able to see what a kid is doing on their actual device in life, you know, lifetime in um, you know, streamed, live streamed. So because of that, now you can actually see students being able to do that. You can actually, you know, make comments, you know, guide students, you know, in a uh, synchronous format. And, um, you know, we use that type of thing. And that's what we want to be able to do is to give that. The other part of it is that also for tech support, you know, it's our device. We prefer to be able to supporting our own, our own devices than have to be trying to figure out how to use all these other devices that students may have, but then next thing you know, something might go wrong with it. And then 
you know, we don't want to be in that position where a device breaks on us as the IT team and it's not our device, it's a personal device. So that was one of the things. But the issue about providing one-to-one for the entire district and making sure kids have an individual device also goes into the different scenarios that has happened since the remote learning started for the school district. Um, I actually um, had a situation where a student reached out to one of the other directors via email asking, could she get a hotspot? And we found out, uh, so I wrote back to the young, young lady saying, sure, you can get a hotspot for us, from us, you know, can you come by at a certain time during the day and everything else. So she wrote back and says, I can't come back because needless to say she had a whole story. And her whole story behind it was both her parents are laid off, got laid off because of the situation that we're all in. And because of that, she's the actual only person working in our household. So she couldn't pick it up at the time I stipulated because she either needed to pick it up before work or after work. And the reason why she needed the hotspot was when we all did the surveys at the beginning of this entire pandemic thing, everybody was working. Her parents got laid off. So guess what? They got laid off so they couldn't afford to pay for the internet anymore. So she needed a hotspot. And then it turned out that she was a senior, mm. kind of like uh, a, a, a kid, student. You know, you do, what you, you do what you can. I mean, the main, and you know, Kevin, my biggest thing is I do this for the kids of our school district. The kids of my school district are my why. I look at each one of them as my, you know, they belong to me. I got to make sure I do what I can do the best of my ability uh, the best of the resources I have for every child inside my school district. And um, because of that reason, I, you know, for that young lady, I made sure I was here like seven o'clock in the morning, <laughs> make sure she was able to pick it up before she went to work, you know, different things like that. Um, you know, we all have to be um, patient. We have to be um, gracious to people. We have to be understanding. And um, you have situations like that. One of the things that happened that I didn't anticipate was how many teachers also are in the same situation. They don't have a device and or they don't. Actually, I didn't plan for and I almost didn't have resources for to do it, but I did the best I could you know, whatever I had. Unfortunately, you know, some of it was some older laptops that um, I'm hoping to collect and never use again. <laughs> you know what I mean, that <laughs> kind of thing. But that was one of the things that happened. And then the other part of it too was um, we had parents that had a device, but it was when, as the governor decided to start to close down different things, the one device that that student had at home was the one device that the parent needed to use for work. For so you line up in these different types of situations. So for me personally, my biggest thing is my ultimate goal is to make sure every student has a device K through 12th grade. Because that way I know that whatever situation they may be placed with at home, whether or not they actually have their own personal device, it's not a device that they're taking away from another sibling that may be in college or is working or their own parents but it's also a device that we know that we kind of have some control over. I'm not saying we have complete control, but we have some control over. 
also that we can make sure that it has a web filtering system that makes us compliant with the federal guidelines and state guidelines and also being able to provide hotspots or access internet access wherever we could so that um, parents but also having the guidelines according to the state and federal government about filtering and that type of thing for privacy and you know um, cybersecurity that type of thing so right the cybersecurity seems to be um, a real big issue especially now in this remote um, learning environment right because just to what you're yes. saying is is that if if you have devices that are either through phones or off the record, that's that's a, an open window for ransomware attacks or other sort of malware attacks. Right, and you know, it's like um, we're a Google school district, so a lot of our stuff is being filtered via Google. But it's not the only filter we have. We also use we're a Cisco shop, so I'll say that up front. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but because we're a Cisco shop, one of the things we have is we also have an additional filtering system called Umbrella. So, you know, our email actually actually goes through our Umbrella system before it even hits Google. And then once it hits Google, then, you know, we get notifications from Google if something is, you know, you know they, they have high, medium, low, you know, threats and stuff like that. Besides that, then the other thing that we also have is um, I have um, Cisco CloudLock which actually checks the Google Docs, making sure about what's on a document that's coming through the, our Google system. And then, the, um, um, and then besides that also, okay, because unfortunately uh, these ransomware, you know, hackers and stuff like that, they think of all, all sorts of ways to try and figure out how to get through your system. So because of that, you know, we actually have, um, trainings that we do with staff to make sure that they understand staff and students making sure they understand, you know, what is, uh, you know, their privacy, also understanding what is uh, cyberbullying, also understanding that um, what, what information can be put out on the web, what information can't be put out on the web. Um, so we do um, in-house training that's done, you know, just like um, most school districts have to do bloodborne pathogens kind of thing. We do the same kind of type of training. Everybody signs off stating that they've done the training, that type of thing. Um, we're looking actually doing more training on that type of thing so that, you know, uh, we're looking into no before so that we can look at phishing attacks or whatever it is that they're trying to um, get through. But uh, a service that the state of New Jersey has is something called NJKIC, which is NJCCIC, which is associated with um, the MSISAC, which is MSISAC. Okay, all of these are acronyms and everything else. Um, I can't tell you off the top of my head what they mean, but it's also a cyber uh, security type of systems. Um, they're a monitoring system. Um, one is multi-state. One, one of the New Jersey kick is actually from the state of New Jersey, and we are members of it. It's a free membership for um, school districts, and we belong to them. And what they do, they send out notifications letting you know that certain uh, certain things may be outside there that there is a possibility of your information getting on the dark web. Like recently, there was a report sent out saying that um, certain townships, their information was on the dark web and everything else. So I got notification. So I notified my town, right? Uh, we found out that there might have been some information on from our system that was actually associated with our school district and actually... Um, MS Isaac and NJ Kick kind of helped us to have it removed from the dark web. 
And they, those are services that are free. So we were able to get some of these services that we don't have to pay for. Um, but I try to always look at cybersecurity in that it has to be layered and you have to, and especially since we are so cloud-based in our, in our school district um, infrastructure, I try to make sure that we are covered in that aspect also. So it's not a matter that, okay, we have stuff in the cloud and it's in the cloud. So therefore we have redundancy. We actually have um, disaster recovery and stuff like that. It's making sure the cloud is also covered, making sure that part of it is also covered under our cybersecurity. So we have different things that we're using. Um, somebody may think I am overthinking it or I have more than I need, but I would rather not, I, I know I can't be covered 100%. There's no such thing as being covered 100%. But if I can get as close as possible to 100%, I would rather have the resources available so I can get as close as possible to it. Right. Now, with all these new strategies, new committees, um, you know, new, new ways of, of thinking about your device management, um, do you foresee this you know, if we ever go back to normal, whatever that means, uh, will your strategies stay the same? Do you think you'll use some of them? Do you think you'll use all of them? Like, is it this point where you're truly going to be one-to-one -one from here on out? Yes, I'm hope that is my plan. My plan is to make sure I'm one-to-one -one from here on out and making sure I even use all the resources that I have re now also at the same time. The reason being is that um, we never know what what might happen in the future. Okay, um, you know it's like um, Adam File always talks about the new normal. So this is going to be our new normal, more or less. And the thing is, is that nobody knows. It's um, it's like when the N1H1 came to the United States, and everybody was talking about you know having a pandemic plan and everything else. I remember as what in my previous school district, we had developed a pandemic plan, but we had developed a plan for basically, I would say between three to four weeks. Not that we expected anything to be where we are months on end outside of the school district. You know what I mean? Now the plan came in kind of basically uh, good because once we had hurricane Sandy, we kind of had an idea of how to recover from it because it was a plan. But at the same time, I don't think anybody planned that we would be, you know, March, April, May, June, you know, four months basically out of school. Right. You know, I don't think anybody planned it. So because of that, I think we are all in a situation that now that we are faced with this new normal, then we turning back, I don't think is ever going to happen. But the other part of it is that none of us know when it's going to happen again. Me, I think it's not a matter of if, I think it's a matter of when something is gonna happen in the future. Um, okay, I, I'm not a futurist, I can't predict anything, you know, but um, I'm just a, a lowly educator, just trying to help out my kids and my community as much as I can. You know, I'm not that far, you know, I'm not <laughs> that high up on any totem pole anywhere, when it comes to power, you know, resources or anything like that, yeah. do the best I can for, you know, for the students that I have in my community. And they're the main reasons why I do it. It's, 
you know, it's, I'm quite sure everybody can hear the passion and the why I try to do what I do. And it's because, um, to me, we need to definitely prepare our kids for the future. And it's like the future is basically working online. We're in an information age. We're no longer making that many widgets. Uh, we may be making widgets, but we're making widgets associated with data. And data are ones and zeros, and it's information. And we got to prepare kids for those type of skill set. And um, I think this is something that's going to be good for the future for them. Yeah, I mean, many of the conversations I've been having, um, there's been this undercurrent. It's like, this is what we've been talking about for, for 10 years. I mean, these are the things. Yeah, exactly. And all it took was a global pandemic to make it happen, right? Yeah, okay. yeah because I've been saying this forever. Because once I, I mean, in 2007, I completed one of my master's degrees completely online. And um, one of uh, the, the, the degree I completed and everything else, I remember the, one of my professors saying to me, uh, you should do your doctorate. You should do your doctorate. And I was like, I had enough of studying at the time. So, And um, I had proposed something to him. And I proposed to him saying, wouldn't it be interesting if we had K-12 completely online? And I actually saved the email. I actually have that email. When he wrote back to me and he said to me, that would be a fantastic dissertation. You should do that. Well, needless to say, <laughs> you know, in 2007 to now, uh, 13 years later, that's what we're doing. Yeah. It's a K-12 situation where we're completely doing things online. And um, that's basically what, you know, yes, maybe I had an idea of what we were going to do and the research I was looking at maybe from 2007. It's nothing compared to what we have now because technology has changed so much. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty much where we are today. I mean, if we go back to virtual school for the entire school district uh, in September, that's what I'm looking at. I'm going to be putting Union Township School District in a K-12 online educational system. Well, it sounds like you have the infrastructure to support it and, and the devices, the juggling the devices. Uh... Juggling the devices is going to be interesting because that's where I'm trying to, you know, finding finding the resources that I need for that. But then the other part of it too also is the instructional side. Yeah. You, know, you, you can't, uh, having a device is one thing, but making sure you have the instructional side. So, you know, you're looking at single sign-on, you're looking at, okay, are you doing, you know, all the different resources out there, the textbook that's, you know, online, or are you looking at Discovery Education, Zella, you know, Edpuzzle, you know, Seesaw, you name it, you know, Wakelet, whatever it is. Um, these are just some I named. Some of those I just named are not the stuff that we're even using in our school district, but these are things I know other schools are. And, um, you know, making sure that you actually have it in one place, you know, one place where everybody can get to it. But the instructional process has to continue. We, you know, we still have to educate the kids. So, right. yeah. Right. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for your time. I know you're really busy, uh, but I really do believe that your insights uh, are going to help the e-school community as, as everyone is trying to figure out uh, <laughs> yeah. what, to, what to do next. So, so thanks again. And thanks everybody for watching and for reading and uh, we'll see you for the next one. Uh, thanks Kevin. Uh, thanks for thinking of me. Okay. All right.